0: I can't see! I need to check this out. Someone pass me my car keys. It's episode 7 of Tales from a Homeworker. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Tales from a Homeworker. Yeah, lucky number 7. Uh, we're here. So how's everybody doing? We are, what are we in now? I'm losing count. Week 8? Week 9? Ah no, what's, what's the point in counting it? Um, we're another day closer to it all ending, that's the way I view it, eh? Glass off full, that's the way I'm going to see it. So, I hope you've all uh, had a good week. Um, I hope everything's been going hunky-dory for you. Uh, so what's been going on with me? Well, firstly, firstly, I need to make an apology. Uh, Last week on last week's show, I incorrectly stated uh, that my girlfriend lived in a terraced house. She has since forcibly informed me that she doesn't live in a terraced house. She lives in a semi-detached house. And would I make that correction? (laughs) Because she's a snob. (laughs) It's an end terrace. So I apologise for getting your sort of house wrong, love. Love you loads. Kisses. Um, See you later from a distance mm-hmm. um, yes <laughs> um, so yeah so what else has been going on well do you know what as much as over the past few weeks I've been talking about uh, we should be you know self caring, and looking after ourselves I've got to be honest I'll, I've let it slide a little bit myself uh, without really noticing um, I think the realization moment came when last week I watched um, what was the play N T Live, the Tennessee Williams one. Streetcar Named Desire with Gillian Anderson, yo know, Scully Out of X Files. Um I was watching that. So it was it was on Thursday night. It was brilliant. Fantastic play. If you can get the replay, watch it by the way. Um but I devoured an entire can of Pringles. Which I should never have bought them in the first place. I know that now, but I had a moment of weakness. I had a relapse uh, at, at this point. I had a no I didn't. What did you say in, in terms of uh, addictions? You don't have a relapse; you have a lapse. Anyway, that, that, that's semantics, and I'm always up to semantics. Um, so yeah, because at the start of this this furlough thing, and I'm going to try and theme a little bit about what, what, what we're going to be talking about throughout uh, today's show um, around some of these points. Um, at the start of at the start of um, lockdown, I was poorly, pretty much convinced I had had the COVID. Uh, the COVID, you know, like the book that's going around. Um, I was really, really poorly and lost a, a good stone in weight. And incrementally over the weeks, I put it back on. I mean, it wasn't a healthy way to lose it anyway, let's be honest. You know, I just I didn't eat for a week or more. Um, not not a fantastic way of doing it. So it has incrementally um, crept back on. I had it to lose. I wasn't disappointed that I'd lost it, but it has a little bit of it to crept back on. So uh, yeah, so there was that, I was aware of that, and I ate the uh, tub of Pringles, um, and then I got weighed, and I I wasn't happy with it, Uh, and I know what I'm like, I'm not, and and I I think what what led me to jump on the scales was, I was feeling that kind of pudginess around the middle, and I'm not happy feeling like that, so I got weighed, was unhappy, decided to make some changes, which, which, um, which I'm in the middle of now, I'm starting to do it. And what I might do uh, each week is is maybe document that a little bit the ups, the downs, the trials. And if you're going through the same sort of thing, share that stuff with me. You know, if you've got any any little wins that you've had or or any tips you can give us for um, for for winning at this, then brilliant. Please do share, and I'll and I'll share it with the world. Um, so, walking every day, getting in more miles. That's been good. That's been good on my knees. I noticed leading up to this. Climbing up, up and down the stairs was... Um, it was hurting. It was hurting my knees. Now, I don't look or feel my age at all uh, one little bit, but my knees were starting to really give me a bit of hassle, like they were getting weak underneath me, and I thought, well, you can either go, oh, it's age, live with it, or you can just go, you're not getting enough exercise and you're not, you're not using those muscles as much as you should do. Um and not being one to be one, I, you know, I hate those people that go. I'm I'm this age now. Well, I'm in my forties now. I've got to slow down. I can't do what I used to do. Oh, shut up! Stop it! Stop! Stop this self-fulfilling prophecy of of trying to drive yourself into an early grave. Um, so yeah, I won't. I hate thinking like that. Um, so my attitude towards it was well it's exercise I need more exercise you know if it's hurting there if I'm feeling weak it's because it's muscles that I'm not using enough so I've started uh, working the legs out a bit with some exercises that I do every day uh, as well as other parts of the body obviously Uh, and walking every day walking more every day and that that exactly as i thought that weakness in my legs it's going it's pretty much it's pretty much gone i'm running up and downstairs now like i was struggling to do a couple of weeks ago so that for me feels like uh feels like a win for me um food now i've reinstalled i did i did uninstall it but i've reinstalled an app called my fitness pal um i uninstalled it because Years ago, when I was approaching a significant birthday and I put on a lot of weight. I was really unhealthy. I was spending a lot of time travelling around in the car um, and, and eating rubbish. Uh, it was just part and parcel of the job and I put on a lot of weight. And I didn't want to reach this significant milestone in my life being that unfit. I didn't want to be that person. Um, so I took on exercise and diet really intensely uh, and dropped a lot of weight. Um, I was really happy with that and used my fitness pal to do it um, but what I, what I found I was doing is if it was setting me a, a calorie target every day I was chopping the corners off pieces of ham to make sure that when I weighed it I was hitting the exact amount of calories and that's not healthy and I recognise that now that is not healthy at all it's, it's a guide this um, you know it's a tool to be used as a bit of a guide uh, you know about how you're getting on and, and what you're eating, and, and and teaching you some lessons, and I and I didn't initially learn the lesson of that, and I and I have now. So I thought what I'll do though is um, because I need to be a little bit more mindful about what I'm consuming, I've reinstalled it, so I'm not so fretful now over, um, you know the specific calories. You know it's given me a fifteen hundred calorie a day target. If I go a bit over, fine. If I go a little bit under, that's fine. If I'm if I'm a lot under with the exercise that I've done, I'll I'll eat to compensate because as I'll mention later on, not enough calories is as bad for your health as too many calories. Um, so I've been doing that, so it's great, you know. Um, also concentrating on on uh, making sure I'm hydrated, making sure I'm getting a good night's sleep, just trying to be the best physical version of me that I can be, which sounds kind of Flippant and a little bit shallow, but I know the best physical version of me translates into the best um, emotional and mental version of me because it, the, the, you know, they're, they're interlinked. You know, they play a part on each other and both can influence each other. And I know just from a from a mental health point of view, when I'm when I'm leaner, when I'm fitter, when I'm sleeping better, my mental health just increases massively. So there was very good reason for doing that as well, and especially in these days, in these times, when you know we have the stresses, the anxiety, and everything that goes hand in hand with social isolation and being in a lockdown, and the uncertainty of what um, you know what the future brings, um, then it's it's always going to be a, a good thing, isn't it? So that's a personal thing. That's that's what I've been up to. Like I say, I'll, I'll probably share that with you as you go on. Um, I try to avoid the news. That's a good thing. I'm going to mention that a little bit later as well. Um, the the reasonings behind that, um, but you couldn't help this week. <laughs> I didn't want listen. There's like my social media. There's two things I didn't want to touch on with this podcast, and I and I try and do that's the absolute best of my ability because I've, I've fallen foul of this in the past. Um, I didn't want to be mentioning religion or politics. Two really, really divisive issues, and for me, this isn't the the place for them. But you you couldn't help but notice what's been going on with the whole Dominic Cummings affair this week. The, you know Boris backing him and everything. I'm not going to get into the politics side of it at all. Not one little bit. That's for other people to comment on. But I'm going to say this: if I was struggling to see, if I got up one morning, and my eyesight was really really poor i'd get myself to an opticians i'd get someone to take me there i'd call a doctor if it was that bad i'd maybe contact an a&e and get myself checked out for an emergency what i wouldn't do is pack in my wife and kid into a car and go love i need to test my eyes i'm not sure i can see like i used to fancy a long drive somewhere i'm not buying that that's oh come on Really? I mean, did he really expect us to believe that? That's utter nonsense, right? You know, uh, it exacerbates me and I can't think of anything more to say about it, so uh, I'm not going to. Um, Let's have a look at um, what's on this week's show then for you. What have we got? Well, criminal case file this week, we've got... um, the case of the hatton garden gang change it up a little bit serial killers are a little bit grim aren't they so we've got the hatton garden gang for you this week and I'm going to tell you all about uh, what uh, what those jolly fellows got up to um the first of a two parter 10 small ways to be kind to yourself right now um so I'm going to do five this week I'm going to do five next week so you've got that a little bit later on as well um also what I want to touch on as well because I know this is something that's been close to my heart for the, for the past few weeks Eight reasons why you're hungry all the time, and what we can do to combat it. Uh, Because I've been eating like an absolute pig. Oh my word, I have. This is hence why the whole exercise diet thing. I'm just, I'm not full. I can't be full. So yeah, so I was I was conscious about that, and I was I was doing some reading around it. So I thought I'd share that with you. Uh, plus, we've got the usual uh, elementary quiz answer to last week's quiz. Uh, we've got our our interesting. Where does that phrase come from? We've got your, our usual. Did you knows uh, a little contribution from Wolfstag again this week? The usual kind of nonsense. But again, if you want to contribute, if you want to share, confess. Treat this as a confessional. Um, anything like that. If you've got any stories, anything you think would be good for the world to know, please, please do uh, send that stuff in to me. Contact me on my social media, Lock Helm Shores, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter for my sins. Um Also, you can email me the old-fashioned way uh, at talesfromahomeworker@outlook.com at outlook.com. So did anybody get last week's elementary quiz? It was a bit of a toughie, really, wasn't it? Uh, Let me read it to you again. Have I ever told you fine gents about my niece Katie? I shook my head, but Holmes recalled that she was a maid for a couple somewhere up in Hampstead. That's her, said Mrs Hudson. She was telling me last week that the youngsters of the family had just been celebrating their birthdays. Twins they are, a boy and a girl, born within 15 minutes of each other. But the younger one's birthday came two clear days before the elder's. Can you make sense of it? I don't think anybody did. This is the uh, this is the answer. The children were born on a cruise liner heading from America to Japan. The elder was born shortly before hitting the international date line on March 1st. The younger was born a little after crossing it when the date had gone back to February 28th. Thus, officially, the younger twin was born the day before her brother. During leap years, that gap stretches to two days. There you go. Clever stuff, this, isn't it? I'll teach you something. So, on to this week's. I was reading some patient notes one evening. I was quite absorbed, so when Holmes said, I believe there to be a place that is located between England and France, yet is further from England than France actually is. ''Great heavens!'' I exclaimed, startled out of my contemplation. ''Not quite,'' Holmes remarked wryly. ''Care to make a more terrestrial guess?'' ''What do you think? Send me your answers.'' Not a sausage is a way of describing either something as free of charge or one's own self as being penniless. It is derived from another example of the colourful Cockney rhyming slang of London, where sausage and mash was a staple diet between the 17th and 18th centuries. To be without sausage and mash is to be without cash. This week's criminal case file stays in London, but more modern times. This is actually April 2015 and it's the story of the Hatton Garden job. In April 2015, the Hatton Garden Safe Deposit Company, an underground safe deposit facility in London's Hatton Garden area, was burgled. The total stolen may have a value of up to £200 million and the incident has been called the largest burglary in British legal history. The heist was planned and carried out by six elderly men who were experienced thieves, all of whom pleaded guilty and received prison sentences in March 2016. Four other men were also tried on suspicion of involvement. Three were found guilty and sent to prison while the fourth was cleared. The burglars worked through the four day weekend of the Easter and Passover bank holiday where many of the nearby businesses, many of them also connected with Hatton Gardens jewellery trade were closed. There was no externally visible sign of a forced entry to the premises. It was reported that the burglars had entered the premises through a lift shaft then drilled through the 50 centimetre 20 inch thick vault walls with a Hilti DD350 industrial power drill. The police first announced that the facility had been burgled on the 7th of April and reports based on CCTV footage released by the Daily Mirror before the police released it state that the attack on the facility commenced on Thursday the 2nd of April. The video showed people nicknamed by the newspaper as Mr. Ginger, Mr. Strong, Mr. Montana, the gent, the tall man, and the old man. On the 22nd of April, the police released pictures of the inside of the vault showing damage caused by the burglary and how the burglars had used holes drilled through the vault's wall to bypass the main vault door. The theft was so significant that the investigation was assigned to the Flying Squad, otherwise known as the Sweeney, a branch of the Specialist Organised and Economic Crime Command within London's Metropolitan Police Service. However, on the 19th of May 2015, 76-year-old Brian Reader, who had been previously involved in laundering the proceeds of the Brinks-Mat robbery, was arrested in connection with the burglary by Flying Squad officers. In November 2015, Carl Wood, William Lincoln, John Harbison and Hugh Doyle were all charged with conspiracy to commit burglary and conspiracy to conceal, convert or transfer criminal property. The theft was described as the largest burglary in English legal history. Three years after the attack, on the 28th of March 2018, Michael Seed, 57, was arrested after his home in Islington, London had been searched. He was charged with conspiracy to burgle and conspiracy to conceal or disguise criminal property. On the 9th of March 2016 at Woolwich Crown course, three members of the gang, John Kenny Collins, Daniel Jones and Terry Perkins, having pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit burglary, were each given a seven-year prison sentence. Carl Wood and William Lincoln were found guilty of the same offence and also one count of conspiracy to conceal, convert or transfer criminal property after trial. Lincoln was also given a 7 year sentence and Wood was jailed for 6 years. Hugh Doyle was found guilty of concealing, converting or transferring criminal property. He was jailed for 21 months, suspended for 2 years. Doyle was also fined. £367.50 for his general criminal conduct in January 2018. The alleged ringleader, Brian Reader, was sentenced to six years and three months in jail on the 21st of March 2016. An eighth man, John Harbison, was found not guilty and discharged. In January 2018, Confiscation ruling at Woolwich Crown Court ruled that John Kenny Collins, Daniel Jones, Terry Perkins, and Brian Reader must pay a total of £27.5 million or face another seven years in jail. Perkins died in prison in February 2018, just a week after the ruling. On the 14th of August 2018, Daniel Jones had his sentence extended by six years and 287 days for failing to return. 6,599,021 pounds. On the 1st of August 2019, Collins was sentenced to an additional 2,309 days in jail for failing to comply with the confiscation order. It was revealed during the hearing Collins had repaid 732,000 pounds of the 7.6 million pound order. Enforcement action was said by the Crown Prosecution Service to be underway to seize Collins' remaining assets. And on the 15th of March 2019 Michael Seed was found guilty of burglary and conspiracy to burgle and was sentenced to 10 years in prison for the former and eight years for the latter, the two running concurrently. So how many of you had heard the term furlough before this whole uh, lockdown, working from home thing started? I think the only time I'd ever heard it was in an old episode of Chicago Fire because it's one of those uh, terms that pops up an awful lot uh, on American TV, they they use it in America. So I wonder where it came from because it's quite an unusual word. Um, Well here you go, furlough is actually derived from the Dutch verlof which means leave of absence. I don't know about you but during these lockdown times I found myself feeling really hungry an awful lot more now at the start of this pretty much within the first week of lockdown I came down ill spoken about it before lost a lot of weight and since then uh, I've put not all of it but some of that, that weight back on. So I'm just conscious about that at, at the moment. Um and it's probably more difficult being at home as well because for one I, I find that I'm sat down more uh, than I was in the office. In The office, you know you're up you're down, you're speaking to colleagues, you got little bits of jobs to do and I've found myself much more sedentary uh while I've been um working from home. And that's something that I've that I've um that I've started to tackle. Over the past few weeks, but I'm really becoming conscious of it uh, uh, this week. Um, secondly, <laughs> there's better snacks at home, isn't it? <laughs> my, my cupboard's a whole lot better looking than what we've got in our workplace. Not knocking work, but yeah, I've got I've got treats, and maybe maybe I shouldn't, and, and that's something that I need to address. Is you know, it starts with the shopping at the end of the day, doesn't it? It starts and ends with the shopping. I don't know about you, I know I know it's different for everybody. Some people, you know, if they get a bit of a crave and a bit of an urge for something. Now I don't particularly have a particularly sweet tooth, um, but savoury is the thing that I crave. And if it's in the house, I'll devour it. But I'm not one of those people that would if I if I needed it or wanted it, I don't need it, if I wanted it and it wasn't in the cupboard or the fridge, I wouldn't go out and buy it. I'd just wait for that feeling to pass. I know that's different for others because some people will say, Oh, you know, eleven o'clock at night you fancy chocolate and they'll go out and drive to a to a shop or other shop they can find and get chocolate. Um so it's not that's not the same for everybody. But yeah, I know while working at home it's bits been it's been a bit more tricky because yeah, I've I have probably been a little bit too naughty with, with the treats. And I know there's an argument to, to be had that, you know, we're living in strange times and it can be a little bit depressing. So a little treat now and again is good. And I'm not gonna disagree with that. Um yeah too much of a good thing is not a good thing is it so I've been reading up and around it and just trying to figure out the reasons why you have that constant need for for, for satisfaction with food um, and I came across some articles and it basically it's given me eight reasons why uh, wait and be hungry all the time and it was really useful because it's it stopped um, it's Stop me, sort of overeating or having those hunger pangs by just being considerate of the things that they talk about. So the first reason was not eating enough uh, protein uh, or fiber. So we all need the macronutrients that that's in um, that's in proteins, carbs, and fats for different reasons. Okay, uh, and not all calories will have the same impact on you being satisfied. Not all high calorie foods will will give you that feeling of satisfaction. Um, Carbs are great for providing quick energy but protein, fat and fiber are important for sustaining that energy. So it's important to, to really think about are you getting enough protein and getting enough fiber in your diet. Uh, a study published in a nutritional journal found high protein snacks led to reduced hunger and kept you satisfied longer. Um, so it's generally regarded that food in protein and fiber are most effective at generating uh, feelings of satisfaction due to the breakdown and release of nutrients from these foods so think about your protein think about your fiber and make sure you're including that in in your meals and also include it in if you can do in your snacks Um, the second one is a kind of a it's a bit of a gimme really that there's eight of these reasons Um, the second one is you're not eating enough now you might be reducing calories for weight loss you might have a fast uh, metabolism you might be very active Okay, um, so you need to sort of properly weigh up your calories in with your burned calories out and making sure that you're taking enough uh, calories on board. See, the thing is, if you're on a, on a diet, and I've done this in the past, where you're, you're looking at your calorie count and you say, well, I'm, I'm on a 1,200 um, calorie a day diet. At the end of the day, if you're getting to sort of like you know seven, eight o'clock, and you've had your your meals for that day, and your stomach's grumbling, and you're miserable, you're not going to sustain that that level of commitment to that to that eating plan. Um, so what I would suggest you do is increase your calories. It'll take you longer to get to your target, but it'll be it'll be much more successful, and it'll be much more long lasting. Um when I when I did it a few years ago I lost I, I became quite a big lad and, and, and lost a lot of weight. I pretty much denied myself nothing other than Pringles, and you know about my Pringle addiction. Um but I made sure that I wasn't uh hungry at any time. So that's number two, make sure you're eating enough. Uh number three, you're distracted when eating. Now, oh now, seriously, who does this? Okay, um it's I'm gonna read this for you. Given hectic schedules, you might find you're eating while walking, driving, or scrolling on your phone or watching telly who sticks the tea on a tray and sits in, in front of the telly eating it? guilty guilty is charged. however, if all of your meals are rushed, the body has a harder time recognizing fullness in a study comparing distracted eaters to non distracted ones, the non distracted participants reported a reduction in their desire to finish their entire plate of food in contrast. Distracted participants maintained a desire to eat everything on their plate, which may be a contributing factor to overeating. Not only can mindful eating help you feel satiated, but it's also been linked to reduced food cravings and emotional eating. So I think the takeaway there is, sit at your dining table, whether you're on your own or whether you've got your family around you. Sit at the dining table and without distractions, just have that. Like, hey, let's call it mindfulness let's 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 link two things together here. Have that mindful moment where you just sat just enjoying the food and take your time because absolutely when I read that that rang true for me the amount of times I've had like oh chippy tea, fish chips, mushy peas, fruity curry sauce, amazing, and sat in front of the telly with it on a tray in front of me and eating it, and then afterwards within fifteen minutes. Within 15 minutes, I'm thinking, I'll go and get a packet of crisps. Oh, there's a bit of chocolate, I think there's a bounty in my fridge, I'll go and get that. So, yeah, that, that completely made sense for me. Um, tied in with this one as well, and I think we touched on it on that on that third one, is you're eating too quickly. Um, even if you've put down your devices and turned off the TV, rushing through meals and snacks makes it difficult for the body to register feelings of fullness and uh, satisfaction. That's why you should make it a priority to slow down. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit guilty of that. I Don't know about you. Don't know about you. But sometimes, especially if you've got, it's the TV thing again. You've got a drama on, you know, a thriller, something like that, something you're really into, and you're just, you're just shoveling, aren't you? Right? You're not really paying attention to the food because you're you're just engaged in in the TV show. So if you tend to devour meals and snacks quickly, try allocating a certain amount of time to finish your meal. Include sips of water between bites and reflect on your body's fullness level with each bite. Try to use your five senses to help you enjoy everything you eat. Check in with yourself. What does the food taste like? Do you enjoy the texture? Is it hot or cold? Is it satisfying your needs at the moment? You'll likely find you feel full sooner and stay satisfied longer if you're able to focus on these other qualities. So yeah, some some good tips there, some good advice. Um, number six, beg your pardon, I've jumped one, number five, your hormones are out of whack. Um, now this is an interesting one because I think this ties in a little bit with, um, with, with stress, with anxiety and blimey. Have, you, have we ever known a more stressful and anxious time globally, socially? Absolutely not. So when the body is in a constant state of stress, cortisol, AKA the stress hormone rises, which can trigger an increased appetite. Furthermore, stress eating usually causes people to reach for highly palatable foods. Yeah, who's reaching for the crisps and chocolate bars there? Okay, like refined carbohydrates and sugary items, which won't keep you full or satisfied for long. So yeah, so think about that. So again, for me, that comes down to shopping. You know, we're all going through, even the most mentally stable and mentally healthy of us, you know i've been struggling through this through this time through this period um so make sure if 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 you're feeling like that make sure you've got some healthy snacks in the cupboard that you can go to um, and something that is going to sort of satisfy you something that's tasty but not that's loaded with sugar and, and other rubbish um other things you can do as well if you're feeling like that try and line up some other coping mechanisms to deal with stress aside from eating so it might be exercise. It might be talking uh, with a friend or family member. Uh, it might be writing a journal, a blog, recording a podcast. Uh, it might be reading, uh, cuddling with a pet. Oh, my cat's been a godsend. My little moggy, and he doesn't, he doesn't know what what's going on because I'm like I'm here all the time. Um, and it's so. Of an evening when you when you when you sat down and you sort of like you are in at, at the end of at the end of the day. He comes and sits on my knee and it's just, yeah, all the stresses of the world go away. Um, Or a bit of meditation. If meditation's your thing, have a little go at that. Okay, number six. We are at number six this time. Uh, You're burning more energy than you realise. Okay? (laughs) You never know. A mismatch of energy leads to increased or constant hunger. If you're exercising more at higher intensities or for longer durations, your appetite likely increases your body burns through more calories than it's used to now i've got as i mentioned in the introduction i'm getting back into an exercise regime and i've started using an app and there's variations of this uh called my fitness pal um and it's it's very good at you what you've got to do is you've got to you've got to um log your food through throughout the day and i'm not being massively I am being mindful of what I'm eating, but I'm not being really pedantic about it. But as well as guiding me towards not overeating, it's also guiding me towards not undereating as well. Because I've raised my exercise levels. And because I've got uh, smart technology and ties these apps together, uh, my fitness pal also drags in my, my uh, fitness data. So it knows how much exercise I'm doing. So at the end of the day, or you know, in, into the evening, you know, when you're preparing a, a, an evening meal, it's going to go, well, this is this is what you need to be doing now to lose weight. Because bear in mind, guys, this is the thing that people sometimes forget. If you cut too many calories out of your day, your body's going to go into lockdown mode and you won't lose weight. It's actually counterproductive because the rest of your body, I mean, you might have a 21st century brain, um, but there's a part of it that's caveman. And all the caveman part of your brain goes is there must be some sort of drought or or, um, famine or something like that because I'm not getting the food that I need. So I'm going to hold on to the fat and the calories. So you think, oh, I'm on this low-calorie diet. I'm going to lose loads. You don't. You don't because your body shuts down, stores it all. That's why why you hit brick walls with it. Okay. Uh, Seven. This was, oh, I learned this years ago. You're dehydrated. Um dehydration and hunger feel the same so I'd suggest to, to everybody out there especially if you're trying to be healthy uh, you know trying to keep fit watch what you're eating if you're getting those hunger pangs have a good drink um, And I, I don't mean hit the beers um, water I'd I, I chuck a little bit of cordial in but water don't go for the fizzy pops and, and stuff like that that's, that's probably just gonna make you worse um, if those hunger feelings go away once you've had a, a good glass of water then you were just dehydrated um, so make sure that you're drinking plenty I can't stress that enough and especially you know what it's like at the moment you know the temperature is going through the roof it's clear sunny skies it's beautiful absolutely gorgeous and we're getting outside and we're doing stuff but that will bring dehydration so yeah just make sure you're hydrated when you're going out and take your bottles of water yeah just make sure you are getting plenty of liquids in you Okay, so that was number seven. And the last one, number eight. There's a biggie. Today's society, you know what you like. You're not sleeping enough. Sleep is absolutely vital. You need to be making sure you're getting, you know, your your required amount of sleep every night. So sleep plays a significant role in regulating hormones, which may contribute to increased feelings of hunger. Short sleep duration... Is linked with elevated levels of ghrelin. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. G H R E L I N. A hormone that stimulates appetite and decreases levels of leptin. Um, A satiety hormone. Satisfied. Satiation. These words are designed to trip me up. Anyway, that means that when you're short on sleep, you're more likely to feel hungrier and crave sugary foods. Focus on creating healthy sleep habits, including avoiding alcohol and heavy dinners before bed, and leaving gadgets like your phone or laptop in another room. Yeah, absolutely vital. Now, I, I use my I use my phone as my alarm clock because it's it's better than the alarm clocks that I've got. Um, it's an iPhone. What I find particularly useful with that is um, there's a do not disturb feature. So when I go to bed at night, I make sure it's on do not disturb, so it's not buzzing or ringing. And I, and I make sure I, I, I try and do that like an hour before I go to bed. You know, so I'll probably say goodnight to people actually, you know, a bit of time before I actually go to bed, just to have that period of just wind down before I'm, I'm you know, I'm like hitting the mattress. Um, absolutely vital. Try and get you know a good disturbed, uh, undisturbed sleep. Uh, cool rooms work better. Um, and I know you know at the moment as well. You know, with it being so warm, it's warmer of an evening. That can be a little bit tricky. Leave your windows open if you can do. Have a little bit of a fan blowing. Make sure you've got you know thin sheets on your bed, and just try and try and bring the temperature down in the room. You'll sleep so so much better. Um, and a little bit of a little bit of lavender spray always always goes a long way as well. So I hope that's been useful. Um, if you've got any other um, top tips about things that that you've done that find that you know if you're struggling with. Uh, with those hunger pangs or with anything else or um, if you've got any sort of top tips around that that you could that you want to share with with the world because the world's listening people trust me Um, then great do send them in to me tales from a home worker at outlook.com we've heard the word kind be used an awful lot lately and we've just come out of um uh, mental health awareness week where uh the theme of, of of this year's week was about being kind kind to others do we always necessarily though consider being kind to ourselves um and maybe we should so what I've got uh over this week and next week are ten small ways that you can be kind to yourself right now. Self-compassion is the most important foundation to build a healthy life from, says Ariel Johnson, a registered dietitian. Without it, it's hard to make progress towards better health, she adds. It's also a hugely relevant skill to have in this moment. Self-compassion is so hugely important that during this time in our lives, because we are experiencing a collective trauma, Johnston explains, this stresses our bodies out and we enter fight or flight mode, which can impact our health and burn us out. So what is self-compassion exactly? According to Kristen Neff, the foremost researcher on the topic, self-compassion is treating yourself the way you treat someone else who is suffering. Now that might sound a little soft, for someone who wants to get fitter But what many don't realise is a little kindness and compassion towards yourself can actually make it easier to achieve your health goals, particularly when stress is high. Ahead, health and fitness pros explain their favourite ways to practice self-compassion, plus how these methods can make it easier to stay on top of your mental and physical health. So the first of those, spend time in nature. You might not be able to go outside as much as you want right now, but getting some interaction with nature is one of the best ways to be kind to yourself because of the health benefits. So many scientific studies show us that even listening to sounds of nature or looking at a photo of a natural scene significantly and quickly lowers stress hormones and anxiety, explains Elisa Zendorfer, an author and certified personal trainer. A great tool is listening to thunderstorms, rain or ocean sounds as you fall asleep. Two, take time to do nothing. Most of us were overscheduled before social distancing entered our lives. It's a major shift for many of us to pause, notes Mayor Fuller, a registered dietitian. Many of us feel pressure to continue to be productive and meeting our health and fitness goals is no exception. But for many, motivation is taking a hit. One way to practice self-compassion right now is to honour your body and take time to rest, fella says. That may mean implementing off days from home exercise as well as creating nothing time during the day so you can be in your body and with your breath. Three, press pause on your weight loss goal. If you're trying to lose weight while spending more time at home than usual, you might be running up against issues like being in the kitchen more often and not getting as much everyday movement. That might be an argument for backing off weight loss goals for a while and just focusing on doing exercise you enjoy and doing your best to eat well. Too many people are constantly on the hunt to lose weight slash calories or punish their body into being exactly what they think is perfect, in inverted commas, says Adrienne Herrenbrook, a professor, researcher and personal trainer. By reframing our perspective to one of health, we can then see the value in taking rest days, pushing it hard when we feel great or indulging in treats when we need social interaction. It's also worth noting there's some evidence that practicing self-compassion could help people avoid binging. So focusing on being kind to yourself could help you meet that weight loss goal in an indirect way. Four, do some mobility exercises. Letting go of certain types of goals might be helpful, but that doesn't mean you have to avoid goal setting altogether. If you're someone who does want a goal during a time of stress, mobility is likely one of the best things you can work uh, work toward, Heronbrook says. Since most are moving less or potentially sitting more, now is the time to get down on the floor and work in our range of motion. My favourite mobility exercise of all time is the 90 hip opener. I don't know anyone who couldn't benefit from incorporating this exercise. So to try it, Sit on the floor with one leg in front of you, bent to 90 degrees. Bring your other leg behind you, also bent to 90 degrees. Lean forward and stretch, then switch sides. And lastly for this week, number five, limit your news and social media consumption. Stress triggers cortisol, also known as the stress hormone. So to feel less overwhelmed, it can be helpful to focus on getting cortisol under control. Uncertainty is, interestingly, what spikes cortisol the highest, Zendorfer says. Her recommendation? Remove uncertainty and surprise bad news by significantly limiting social media and news exposure to something like one hour per day. If you replace an early morning and before bed Facebook check with stretching, you're also lowering your cortisol. And we'll do the next five next week. Did you know it would only take one hour to drive to space, according to astronomer Fred Hoyle, if you got into your car, turned on the ignition, and drove up directly straight up into the sky at 60 miles an hour it would take just one hour to get to outer space which had to be quicker than getting to Durham This week's tale of the paranormal comes from a gentleman by the name of John Ward, who is a pub landlord in Hartlepool. This is his story. Back in 1997, my wife and I were working as relief management for a brewery. We would live and work in whichever pub we were sent to, usually covering holidays or filling gaps between tenants. While staying in one pub, my wife and I noticed odd things happening. Walking into a room, I would feel that something had moved. Noises were heard. We both laughed this off at first. Beer taps would stop working. Assuming the keg was empty, I would head to the cellar to change the keg, only to find that it was not empty and the gas had been shut off. Then also noticed the mallet had vanished, only to find it on a shelf later. A few days later after closing the pub, my wife was in the bar and I went ahead upstairs. I heard footsteps and thinking a customer was still in the pub and in our private quarters, I unlocked the door and saw a man in brown trousers with a cream striped shirt and sleeves rolled up and he was walking upstairs. I shouted at him and followed after him. Reaching the top of the stairs, I searched the rooms and there was nobody there. When I realized there was no one else in the pub, I felt immediately cold. Then a state of extreme nervousness kicked in for a while. Thinking about it now, I can picture the scene perfectly and it makes me feel uncomfortable. I later described him to regular customers of the pub. More than a couple told me It was an old landlord from years ago. They even described the clothes he was wearing. Now most people I've told either laugh and say I imagined it. People who believe tend to then tell me about their experiences, but on the whole, I don't tell people as it makes me feel silly at times. The experience changed me from being a complete skeptic to now being open-minded. I still tell myself I do not believe in ghosts, but I also think there is a lot that we do not understand about the world. There is no other explanation for what happened. I've thought about it for such a long time, and came to the conclusion I saw a ghost. If anybody has any similar stories that you want to share, please do email them to me, talesfromahomeworker at outlook.com. Stay safe. After darkened days, I see the light. Mornings come after every night. Fledgling birds will always take flight. A distant sun still shines so bright. Doubts and fears will melt away. The urge to run makes me want to stay. My broken heart can lead me astray. I have to take each day by day. So I stand and fight, my corner stood. My inner truth runs thick as blood. I'd change the world if only I could but I live each moment just as I should. Hashtag Wolfstack. Music's always been really important to me, and as much as I love many different genres of music, it's always rock music that I gravitate back to. Nothing speaks to me like a rock tune, those... Crashing guitars, those thumping drums. Um, If I'm going to work out, if I'm going to go on the treadmill, going to go for a run, whatever it might be, that's what I go to. If I'm feeling low, that's what I go to. If I'm driving in the car going somewhere, pretty much that is what I go to. If the sun is shining, that is what I'll go to. Um, So, with that in mind, for something a little bit different this week, I've created a, a playlist of just some of my favorite rock tracks. There's 22 tunes in there uh, from all sorts of different people from ACDC to Marilyn Manson, uh, Pearl Jam, who are my gods, Aerosmith. Um, Loads and loads of different tunes in there. Uh, All available free uh, to listen to. If you head over to Apple Music or Spotify, you can download Rock From A Homeworker uh, and listen to that for free. Uh, give us a bit of a thumbs up give me a bit of a playlist what you might have what you might have added whatever it might be at talesfromahomeworker@outlook.com. at outlook.com but go away listen and enjoy that's it for another week everybody hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode of tales from a home worker if you have don't forget to subscribe don't forget to like don't forget to rate don't forget to leave your comments on your podcast broadcaster of choice whichever you have to choose we are multi-platform which is rather fancy i kind of like that. That's pretty cool um, if you've got any comments stories questions things you want to share, confessions, jokes, um, uh, things, I don't know, I'm just making it up now, anything you want to share with us anyway, uh, don't forget, uh, social media, Lockham Shores, you know where to find me, uh, or send me an email at talesfromahomeworkeratoutlook.com, I will read everything can't promise to include everything because I know what some of you are like um, but yeah yeah please do get in touch. Uh, until next week sayonara.